Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. Okay, Holly, mm-hmm. uh, you and I are not too far apart in age. No. We both went to public school. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how your public school science textbooks talked about plate tectonics? Not really, because my high school biology teacher had a husband who was a geologist, and he came in and gave our lecture. So I have no idea what was in the book, because he was like, we're not looking at that. Uh, Like, he was a very cool, fun guy. He had, like, a a bumper sticker on his car that said, Reunite Gondwana Land. Like, he was super fun. And so we got what was, for the mid to late 1980s, pretty up-to-the-minute information on plate tectonics. Yeah, so I had, like, the uh, mid-80s to early-90s public school education. And by that point, plate tectonics pretty well... Uh, accepted in the scientific community for sure. But I definitely remember having textbooks that uh, had the diagrams of where the land bridges supposedly had been. Oh, and right. And also, it was like almost a teach the controversy kind of approach to like plate tectonics, even though by that point, it was pretty much a scientific, accepted, like an accepted scientific idea. Um, it was presented to us in more of a, what do you think kind of way, <laughs> not in a, not in a, like, sometimes, I know sometimes educators will, will use that kind of framing to get people to try to think th- about things in a, in a more uh, involved way, but, like, this more felt like that there might still be some questions. <laughs> I like that they were passing the buck to children to decide. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember that happening. This was not about uh, plate tectonics or anything like that, but I remember specifically having a teacher who every week we had our spelling slash vocabulary words. I guess it was really, we called it vocabulary more by this point. But each of us was assigned a word that we had to look up the definition of and then present the definition to class. And there was one class where my classmate did not do this assignment and the word he had been assigned was fascist. And so the teacher then just refused to explain what fascism was. And it was like, but this is school? (laughs) We are supposed to be learning things here? Uh, Anyway, that is something of a digression. I really like how differently this episode turned out from how I thought it was going to go when I started researching it. Yeah. And it's one, um, I didn't know a whole lot about Wegener, and it was kind of funny, we talked about it before, that it was pure coincidence that he got like a um, a drive-by mention in our 1906 San Francisco earthquake episode. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, we accidentally had a tee-up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We also, so it's not, it's not very often when we say what the topic is of an upcoming episode on the show. Uh, just a lot of it is just because of how our production schedule works. A lot of times when we're in the studio, we don't necessarily know what's coming soon right. after uh, after we get out of the studio. Um, but this was a case where uh, that had come up in that the San Francisco earthquake and fire episode. That episode came out 
um, either just before or right at the start of our tour through three cities in Texas that we just took, we had multiple people come up to us after those uh, shows when we do kind of a meet and greet thing to tell us how excited that they were that this Alfred Wegener story was going to be coming out soon. And then we've also gotten email about it. And it's one of those things where I'm like, is it are, are people this excited about Alfred Wegener or is it just that we so rarely have a glimpse of what's coming up on the show soon? Well, I know at least one of those people that mentioned it was a geologist. So mm-hmm. they're legit into Wegener. <laughs> yeah. I hope they don't have <laughs> four million things they wish I had said that I did not say. Hopefully not. Yeah. It's time for a little behind the scenes on the Italian hall disaster. Uh, Tracy. Yeah. Why do you always pick sad things at Christmas? <laughs> I don't know. I don't mean to. Um, I didn't even realize the the sad things at Christmas connection until the year that we did the Christmas tree ship. Because that was an episode that a lot of people had asked us to talk about, and they had specifically said, maybe you could do it at Christmas time. And the fact that we gotten that query phrased that way so many times made me think that this incident that I did not know anything about involved a heroic rescue of everyone aboard the Christmas tree ship. If you haven't heard that episode, it <laughs> does not include a heroic rescue. It is misery from beginning to end. And I, I was like, why, why are there so many, so many horrific things happening uh, at Christmas time? I wasn't even necessarily looking specifically for a holiday time episode this time around. I was just scrolling through our list of of listener suggestions, which at this point is is close to a thousand suggestions long. That's not an exaggeration. It's a, there's a lot of stuff on there, um, and I kind of went the Italian hall disaster. I wonder what. I don't really know about that. And the the fact that someone had falsely shouted fire when there was no fire, I just kept thinking about as I was poking through all of these other things. Like, what is what what is it? I I was like, I gotta know more about this. Yeah. There is some discussion about whether that particular disaster influenced in any way um the Supreme Court case Schneck versus United States. Uh, which was a- about free speech and part of all of Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr.'s opinion on that uh, was about how shouting uh, fire in a in a crowded theater would not be a protected form of speech. Um, that, of course, is a little unclear. It's hard to know what somebody's motivations were for any particular thing unless they wrote them down somewhere. Um, but there were other instances of that happening as well. So. Not a happy story at all. Oh, now that I have I have thrown you under the bus for picking sad things, I will point out that the thing is, when there's just a lighthearted, easy, relaxed day, people don't report it as news. <laughs> so <laughs> no. it, it doesn't get written up as a historical event so much when it's like, the day was lovely, a little cold, but everyone got up and had pancakes and then had a delightful Christmas morning. Like, that stuff doesn't, <laughs> yeah. doesn't get written up, which is why most of the historical events tied to holidays seem like... They are tragedies. Yeah. And we also, uh, to be fair, our, our listener suggestion list in terms of actual events that um, that have happened are heavily weighted toward tragedies. Like we get a lot of emails that say something like, I would really love to hear more about the, and it is the blah, blah, blah massacre or the blah, blah, blah fire or the 
blah, 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 cyclone. Like, there's just a lot of of tragedy in the list of things that people have specifically asked us to talk about, which um, I think also influences what we end up talking about to a degree. I mean, the listener suggestion list isn't the only um, area where we get ideas from, but when we get a lot of requests for a topic, it definitely moves higher up uh, onto my to-dos for sure. Yes. So listeners love tragedy is what the takeaway (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we know there are a whole other podcasts that are focused exclusively on tragedies. Um, So that's a thing that people in general have a fascination with, I think. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, one of the things that I I was glad to talk about this one about is that it it wasn't just the tragic part. Um, It also had the whole context of labor rights and the strike that was going on, uh, which was also important history to talk about, too. We've talked a lot about labor um, this year because the 19 teens, uh, that was a lot, there was a lot of stuff going on related to labor rights and labor organizations and worker protections. And we did several episodes that were related to things that happened specifically in 1919. And, and so it's been a theme that has come up maybe more this year than previous years, but it's something that we talk about a lot in general. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, it's also interesting, and you mentioned it in the episode, that this is a case where the National Guard was called and it didn't immediately escalate the situation into a horrific series of violent events. Right. Uh, right. Which is incredibly unique. Normally, once we read in, in one of our outlines when we're doing a show, and then the National Guard was called, like, you know, a lot of bad yeah. melee, probably yeah. death people being treated really poorly is about to come up. And this seemed like they kind of came and were like, this seems fine. Yeah. Everybody well, be and cool. This is, I, I don't want to at all disparage people who are serving in the National Guard now. Like, not, not at all. But, like, h- historically, there have been so many accounts where and the, 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 the National Guard was deployed ostensibly to protect someone uh, or protect a group of people and instead became part of uh, a massacre or became part of the harassment that they were being sent in to protect. Like, that, that has been so many times on the show that this one was striking and the fact that it didn't go that way this time. Yeah. It's it's not a super fun topic, but <laughs> it's still important and hopefully, uh, you know, none of us experience a similar event this holiday. Hope not. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 